welcome you guys on a holiday weekend. I know it can be crazy and wild and lots of things going on, but I'm going to continue. Um, I've been talking in Colossians. We've been going on that. We found out, you know, who we are in Christ, how to be the new us. Today I'm going to talk about family matters. Um, <laughs> everyone's like, oh no. Yeah, we all got family. The bigger your family, the messier it gets. But you know, sometimes I think about that. The messier it gets, but you know, the more opportunities I have, the more opportunities I have to show the love of Christ. The more opportunities I have to show God's repentance. The more opportunities I have to, sh- I have to show that when, when things aren't going right, God can come in and he can say, it doesn't matter what happened here, we can turn this around. So basically, I'm going to be in Colossians 3 if you want to follow along, but basically this is Paul, he's saying, hey, um, the way that we've done family is not the way God wants to do family. I'm going to tell you what God says about family. So I'm going to start right off, and it's going to be in verse 8, and it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in all things your master according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in the sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Okay. So, Paul's talking to people. They all, they've met Jesus. They're like, hey, our lives are changed. What do we do now? You know, they're going home, and things are still, it's, it's chaotic. Because they have the Holy Spirit living on them on the inside now, and the things that they did before, now we're not working. It doesn't feel like there's this, like, nope, we're not doing that. So Paul's like, here, I'm going to talk to you about the way that Christ set for the head of the church for family to look like. So, uh, it's the first one that says, wives, submit to your husband. And all the men are like, amen, right? Yeah, you, see, a lot of you guys have been married a long time. You didn't say amen. I see that. The longer you're married, the more. See, we like to say, wives, submit to your husband. But there was a, did you know there's another um, part of that scripture that comes right behind it? But you can't even remember what it says. Right? Because the selfishness in us says, yeah, I want someone to submit to what I say. That's the easy part, right? But there's something that he says after that we're like, we kind of cover over it. We can't, even, we can't even think about it when we're quoting scripture, can we? So we go on and, and, and he says, as is fitting in the Lord. What does that mean? So we're going to look at what that says. So in this time, when, when Jesus came and, and walked the earth and that, women, children, and slaves had no rights. They were property. You know, they were not even really considered people. There was ownership. So here, you know, he's telling wives, submit, and then it says it's fitting to the Lord. What does that mean? Um, so in, in, in there it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord. That's great. But we, as we glaze over that second part, when really there's something really important in there. That's saying, wives, do not just obey whatever your husband says shocker we that they are to submit to husbands who are submitted to the lord 
Did you know that? So husbands, if we are off running amok, doing things contrary to the word of God, asking our family to do things contrary to the word of God, your wife is not supposed to submit to that. (laughs) Everyone's like, great, there goes my only argument. (laughs) But people use that, don't they? They're like, oh, they're not submissive. Well, are you submitted to the Lord? So we have a, Paul's saying there's something you need to do. Wives, you're supposed to submit to your, lo- to, to your husbands because um, that means husbands, if you're not honoring God, she should not submit to that. That would be control. That would be manipulation. And those are, not, those are characteristics of the enemy, aren't they? Those are characteristics of the enemy. So if you look in the Amplified, it says, Wives, be subject to your husbands out of respect for their position as protectors and their accountability to God. (laughs) Protectors and accountability to God, as is proper and fitting in the Lord. Because there's an atmosphere of respect there. It's their job to care and protect, protect you. And they have made themselves accountable to God so that you know that when you're submitting to them, you're submitting to the Lord. Right? So Paul's saying, we're not just supposed to rule over them. We're supposed to be submitted to the Lord so that they can easily walk submitted to the Lord too as protectors. That is so good, isn't it? Doesn't that, you know, if anyone has had that verse used against them in any way of abuse, that, doesn't that free you? Do you know why it frees you? Because the gospel of truth is freeing. He came to set us free. He didn't condemn us to control us or manipulate us. And so we look at that. It's like, great, I want to submit to someone who is submitted to the Lord. I have no problem. That actually helps me. Right? As wives, when, when you have someone that you're like, I know that we're, going, we're not going off a cliff here. I know that we're not walking into evil. We're not walking into darkness. I know that wherever I'm submitting to my husband in this, he is going before me as a protector because he knows and walks in the things of God. That's good. So that's encouraging. Instead of, instead of a force and a, and a rule, Paul's saying, this is freedom for you. You didn't have a voice. You were property. And now I'm saying, you have a choice. But you know, we also, something we need to do, it's your job to know the character of, of God, right? We need to know if they're submitted to the Lord, and we will know that by if we know the character of God. So we need to know God's character. That means we find it in his word. We find it in, in speaking to him and praying and hearing from him. So if we're, we are able to submit to our husbands and follow them if they are, uh, as they follow Christ, if they're going in that, that direction. So it is still our job. Our job is, your job is to submit, not only submit, but your job is to know God's character so that you are aware if you are going where God is going or not. So that's our responsibility. You know, a lot of times we're like, well, they told me to do this. They, they're making me. I have to, you know, and we become this victim. And God's like, never in my word have I ever said you're a victim. You won't find it in the Bible. But we can, it's easy to use that. And he's like, no, here's your responsibility, wives. You better know who God is. You better know who the new you is. It's your job because you need to know who God is so that you can submit and follow and have that protection over you because you take care of each other. So that's what he said to wives. So I think that's a good word. That makes me a lot. Does that, women, does that make you a lot more encouraged than feeling like I have no choice? I just have to do anything. I have no, I, you know, I'm still a slave because we're, once we have Christ, we're not. 
So that makes me, that's encouraging word now. Because I don't know about you, but I've had that never by my husband. He has never been like that. But I've had in circles in my life, I've had people be like, submit, submit to your husband. You know, you have a big mouth. Yes, I do. Thank you. God gave it to me. You know, what? I have a big mouth, which means I can preach the gospel way more extensively. And I'm not worried if you think I should be preaching the gospel or sitting at the, at the front pew. That doesn't bother me. You know, that doesn't bother my husband because I know that he knows we're all supposed to go out and preach the gospel, right? So, but if you've ever had that, that verse could feel like it's condemning. And that's how, if you know the character of God, you say, oh, that's not, God wouldn't say that. God wouldn't say that. That's not in his character. He's not like that. See, that's why we got to know the character of God because, because the enemy comes in. He did it to Jesus, and he's like, well, did God really say you couldn't do this? You know, in the garden to Adam and Eve, and then to Jesus at the, you know, he's like, you know, you could have all this if you just, you know, you do this. It's like if, if they didn't know the word of God. If you don't know the word of God, you will think like the enemy. And the enemy's job is to come and kill, steal, and destroy. So, wives, that's encouraging because now we're like, hey, it's my job to know the word because I'm going to follow the word as my husband follows the word. So, all right. So, wives, that's our job. Husbands, got something for you too. Paul's like, I'm going to get everybody in here. Just take your turn, see what happens. But, you know, Paul also knew give women honor, let them go first. (laughs) Now, husbands, it says, husbands, love your wives with an affectionate, sympathetic, selfless love that always seeks the best for them. That's good. And do not be embittered or resentful towards them because of the responsibilities of marriage. So he's saying be loving and being kind to your wife was not the norm. When Paul is talking to these families, that was not a normal thought. You own them. This is the way it went. You're the wife. You need to produce sons for me. This is, I'm in charge. You know, I'm somebody. You're not. So he's saying, husbands, that's not true. That's not the way Christ made it. It is your job to love and care and be affectionate to your wife. He said, that's, that's not what we're doing anymore. Paul is urging them not to just submit to the culture they're in. He's saying, yeah, you've lived in this culture, but when Christ came in, you have a new culture now. And I'm going to tell you what that culture is because maybe you don't know. So Paul's saying, I'm urging them, don't just submit to culture. You know, elevate your, your standard, your thinking. Elevate your thinking and your actions and lead with the same compassion that Christ did. Because you're supposed to treat them, you're supposed to lay your life down for them as Christ would. So he's saying, you have to elevate your thinking. You have to elevate your mindset and say, this is what culture is saying, but Jesus says, this is how I'm supposed to lead. That's really good. You know, because Jesus, he set us free, so he would never want to own us. You know, he gave us free will, so he wouldn't want to bend us to, to our, their ideas, thoughts, mindsets, things like that. We're supposed to have love, kindness, compassionate. I love what it says in the Amplified. It says, even be sympathetic towards how she's feeling. You might think, this is not a big deal. Well, in her heart it is. In her heart it is, and it's your job to steward that well. Oh, it got real quiet in here. Good thing the bell's going. I think the bell's just saying, Gee, that's right, amen. All right, kids, you're up. You know, don't we get enough go to the bathroom. You got to hear this. 
It says, children, obey your parents as God's representatives in all things. For this attitude of respect and obedience is well-pleasing to the Lord and will bring you God's promised blessings. Who wants blessings? Yeah. He says, you know, if you obey your parents, you're going to get blessing. That's good. I want blessing. I do not want cursing. I'm not like, oh, yeah, I just woke up today, and I hope I get cursed. No, we want blessing. So he's saying, hey, you know what? It used to be that you had no rights, but in Christ you have rights, so you get to choose. And I'm saying choose to obey your parents. Because now your parents already got their instruction, right? Now I want you to choose to obey obey your parents because you also represent Christ. Not just your parents, but you also represent Christ. He said, so you have a job to do. You know, Paul is saying Christ left us with this new family dynamic, um, one of honor, one of respect and blessing for those who walk in it. He said we're not doing what we did before. Christ died so that we could have a new, be raised in a new life with him. So Paul knew that children had no rights or voice, but Christ came in for man, woman, and child, Jew and Gentile, everybody. There's no distinction anymore. He's saying you don't get to say they're just a kid. You don't get to say it's just a woman. Or you don't get to say, you know, they're Jew. Or they're, they have this job and they have honor and these ones don't. And here, they work at a high-paying job and they work at a low-paying job. You don't get to do that anymore. You know, Paul was addressing children. There alone was a big, you know, that he was talking to children. That's a big deal. If you were just considered like an animal... Why would somebody be addressing you with the word of God? So that alone tells you, like, he's saying, this is something different. You know, parents are probably thinking, why are they talking to my kids? You know, they're just supposed to sit here and be quiet. But that tells me kids were there. That tells me kids were there. So Paul is addressing children alone, you know, saying, you represent Christ too. And when you do it well, it pleases the Lord. So he gave that to the kids. Then he's talking to the dads, parents, parents. Fathers, do not provoke or irritate or exasperate your children with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by favoritism or indifference. Treat them tenderly with loving kindness so they will not lose heart and become discouraged or unmotivated with their spirits broken. They are meant to be broken. It is not your job to do that. It says it's your job to what? Love them. If you're having trouble with your kids obeying, see if probably the root is the loving. Because you, the seed is going to produce the fruit that you planted. And so he's saying, hey, be careful with that. You're not trying to look perfect. Guess what? He's saying, your kids are going to do things. Don't, don't humiliate them when they make a mistake. Don't, don't show favoritism and say, well, you made bad choices and you made good choices, so you're, you're good and you're bad. He's saying don't do that because what you're going to do is you're going to break your child. They're going to lose heart, and their hearts are going to be turned away from Christ because if you're following Christ and that's how you're acting, they're going to say, I don't want that. It is our job. We all have, the thing is, I love when Paul's addressing this, he's saying everybody has a job. It's not this person's been doing it wrong the whole time, and now you got to change. He's saying, hey, everybody in here, when we work together, we're going to have the freedom and blessing of Christ. 
So parents, you know, create an atmosphere where respect and honor cannot just survive, but it flows. Where love is handed out so liberally that obedience is the result. Obedience is the result. You can't make someone obey. People obey because they love you. Obedience always comes from love. Always. You might have force, you might have manipulation, you know, you might have control, but obedience only comes from love because obedience is a choice. I am choosing to do this because I want to, not because you're forcing me or manipulating me. So when we think on that and it's like, I want obedience in my home, Lord, how can I love better? What do I need to change in here? so that it then that fruit is good fruit and grows good fruit. If you don't like the fruit you're picking, quit planting those seeds. I don't really like squash. Guess what I don't have planted in my garden? Right? I mean, how mad would I be if like, oh my gosh, I planted these squash seeds and it did not give me cucumbers. That sounds crazy, right? But we do, that, we do that in our life, and we're like, you know what? I treated my kids harshly. I tried to control, manipulate, force. I, I parented out of fear. And why aren't my kids obeying and loving and kind? You didn't plant any of those seeds. You've got to plant them. Because I will tell you, your kids are going to make a lot of mistakes. And, and you know what? Love, kindness will bring them to repentance. Because that's the character of Christ. Control and manipulation will put them in the enemy's camp. It's the way it is. All right. So kids, we didn't lose anybody, did we? All right. I love it when we address kids because we were all kids at one point. <laughs> we're all kids. Um, so I'm like, yeah, that's, that's probably for me too. You can look back and say, I want to do things differently. And you know, here's the thing is don't be like, well, I messed that all up. You know what? Go rip those seeds out and plant some new ones. It's called repentance. Turn from, do something different. Mistakes are not a big deal. As long as we go and say, repentance, repentance, turn from. I'm heading this way. It's not a good path. I turn from, I go the opposite direction. All right. So now we're going to talk about where it says bond servants, slaves, basically, you know, represents a lot of workers, employees. So like today we would really see that too, like we submit ourselves for eight hours a day or, or things like this to a company, to a place of employment that they're expecting, you know, some type of service from us. So that's what God's talking about here. You have bond servants who are working. It says, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service, or man-pleasing, just saying, oh, well, you want me to do this? Oh, this is so great. And then go and, and talk behind their back and, and destroy reputation or things like that, right? But in sincerity of heart, fearing God. You're saying, I'm doing this job because God placed me here, and I'm going, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Um, I was working at a job, and this lady, um, I was at their, their home, and it's a beautiful, beautiful cottage. As I don't know, I can't even count how many bedrooms, and it's it's just beautiful, okay? And I'm there, and she's like, "Well, what what do you you know? How do you work this and things like that?" And I said, "Well, really, this is your house, and you tell me what you want done, and that's what I do." And she's like, 
what? I'm like, it's your house. If you say you want things dusted with a feather duster or you want this type of cleaner or, or you want the, it's your house. It does not hurt me and I can submit to that with, you know, and because of that, we actually got into a conversation and we talked about Jesus and about being saved and how we need to raise our children and, and God just said, and they said, can I keep you forever? And I told them how that happened. But, you know, and there's the thing is, because of just being obedient, God's character was able to come through and then Christ was glorified. Cleaning somebody's house. I'm not above any position and I'm not below any position. God said, if you can go get somebody saved there, you know what, sweep their floors and you can get them saved, great. And so we look at things like that. It's like that's how we need to be when we look into service and not like they owe me this. You know, I am qualified. I have all this experience and they better know how good I am. God said didn't come in with that. Realize that we are, you know, a full member in the body of Christ. That means wherever we go. Paul was talking to families and then he said as you take that into your everyday life, you know, working, serving, doing, you need to take that full place, position in Christ that you were given. And then you also bring in the blessings of that, and you also walk with the responsibility of that. It's really easy to hear the blessing part, and we're all, I mean, everybody's waiting in that line, right? If you had two lines and said, here's the word of God, Paul says you're getting blessings and responsibilities, what line are people more apt to use? But to get the blessings, you know that you have to get in this line first. You have to get in the responsibility line. And the responsibility line gives you the seeds of blessing, and you take them planting, and then you get to harvest. You go over here, and you say, hey, my name's Sarah. I'm here for the harvest that, and they're like, well, you never planted anything. You know, you know, you go to the bank. You can't just go to the bank and be like, can I get this money out? They're going to say, did you make any deposits? Well, no, but, you know, I want that. And they're like, sorry, I can't help you. We've got to start realizing the responsibility is the blessing. To walk like Christ, we have things we need to do, and he says, that is the blessing. That is the blessing. So realizing that we're that full member, you know, do a good job so that God is glorified. Do a good job so that God is glorified. Not you, not, not your bank account, not any of that stuff. All of those things are just overflow of blessing. But the real reason we do anything is to do it unto the Lord and to glorify him. How we carry ourselves, how we act, how we talk, how we live every day is to glorify him. All the other things just add the blessing to our lives. So, and lastly, it talked about, and there it says in verse 23, it says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ, but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. He's saying, if you're going to live in Christ, it's going to be really hard to basically live in sin still. You're not going to be able to live in your old life. It's going to be uncomfortable for you. Because guess what? You will be repaid for whatever you do. There is, he, he's saying there's not going to be partiality. You can't live in light and darkness. You have Christ. we got to know how to live according to him. Because guess what? 
Your spirit cannot be in both places anymore. Too bad. You already said yes. Check the box. Can't go back. Right? Sometimes we try, and then we're like, why is my life so chaotic? Because Jesus is in there, and he will not allow darkness. Not an inch. It will be so uncomfortable for you because he's like, you know what? I'm not going anywhere. You handed it to me, so guess what? We're going to keep moving forward. We're going to keep growing. Any darkness that come, I'm coming to it. It says, we sang songs to him, and it says, he wins every battle. So when the darkness comes, and it comes into your minds, your thoughts, or your actions, he is ready, standing battle, and he says, "Uh uh-uh, it doesn't get to be here. It doesn't get to be here. And you might say, well, I'm not sure. And he said, I said no. And it's, you know what? If life's a little chaotic, be like, Lord, what, what do I need to, what needs to stop? What needs to change? What mindset? Because he's not going to stop, and he never tires. He never tires. That's what I love about it. He never gets tired and says, you know, I just can't change your mind about this. I'm just going to let you do it, and it's going to, you know, you're not going to have, you know, it's going to be okay, and you're going to be fine, and no, we just continually feel that pull, right? Until we, until we clean it up with him, until we clean it up. That's what he does. He says, you know what? I know that this is coming to kill, steal, and destroy you. And whether you like it or not, I'm going to fight so that doesn't happen. That's what's going on inside of us. That's why we have, that's why our world is so full of depression, anxiety, and all of these things. Because those things are not from God. And they're trying to say, no, you can still live this way with Christ in you. And you can't. You can't. That's good. That's so good for us because that tells me that I don't have to worry that I'm going to be forgotten about. I'm not ever going to be alone. I'm never going to have to do anything on my own. I'm always going to have Christ. I always have a way back. I always have the truth readily available to me. I always have an answer in his word. So it's not like, well, I've just, it's, I'm too far gone. I can't get back. He said, well, you have Christ in you, so you always can see where the light is coming from. So good. I, I'm excited because when, sometimes when we read these, we think Paul is telling them, you're bad, no, no, no. But when you actually read these, he's saying, look at the freedom that you get because you accepted Christ. He's saying, you Look at the blessing that's going to come in your life because now you know. Now you know. So Paul's like, I'm just giving you these answers so that, you know what, when the enemy comes and he tries to steal that truth from you, you've already have it hidden away. He can't convince you. He can't, he can't control you. He can't manipulate you because when he comes in and he says, it's okay to treat your wife this way, you say, immediately you're like, no, it's not. I already know the truth. I can't deny it. The truth is living in me. Jesus is the truth. I know. And so then it can make you grumpy for a little bit because he's like poking you like, nope, 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 nope. You ready? You ready? You ready? You ready? Like a two-year-old. God created two-year-olds, you guys. So when we're like, why are they drive us crazy? You know what? Because, you know, God's like, that's what I'm going to do because I'm never going to let you go. Nothing can stop me from loving you. Nothing's going to, you know, I only see you through the blood. It's so good. It is good. I mean, I'm excited about that because I used to read these verses and think, oh, gosh, I'm just not good enough. Like, I can't do this. He's saying, and Paul's like, you can't without Christ, but now you have Christ, so you know what? You don't have a whole lot to do. 
you don't have a whole lot to do because he's just coming for you. Eventually, I mean, you're either going to do it because your heart is right, you're going to do it because you're just like, I can't take this anymore. You can't have this battle anymore. You know, Jesus is always going to win. So if you think that you're going to win against him, I will give you some information. You won't. You can't. He is the victor. He leads us in any victory. So if you're like, I want to live this way, but I also want to live for you, Jesus is going to win. He's going to dominate because that's what he is. He is the king. He is the king. Okay? So I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. It's just Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. So practically speaking is who you are guides you. So that's why we, t- we spoke a couple weeks ago in Colossians where it said, you need to know who the new you is. What do- so you have this new person that Christ gave you. You have a new mindset. And we, he said, Paul said, here's some things that, I think it was Colossians 2 into 3, and it was saying, here's, this is what the new you looks like, acts like, does. So the new, who you are guides you what you do and how you treat others. So that's why it's really important. Paul's like, you've got to know who you are. You know, and then you got to adjust things that culture has said is okay, that Christ says isn't. So we got to do what God has called us to do um, and be who God has called us to be. And which is, he said, you're to be like Jesus. He didn't say you are Jesus. He said, you're to be like Jesus. And you have the Holy Spirit living in you, so you, it is attainable. You can do it. You have the ability, which means we're supposed to be like him. We're supposed to walk like him. We're supposed to talk like him. We're supposed to love like him. We're supposed to forgive like him. We're supposed to put others first before ourselves like him. I think that's the hardest thing is we just like to be selfish. People want to be first in line. They want, they want the best seat. They want all of these things because it's about I need to get my needs met first. It's like, all my needs are already met in Christ Jesus according to his riches and glory. It says that in Philippians, doesn't it? So why am I running out trying to get my needs met? He said, your needs are found in me. You run to me, and all your needs will be met. You run out selfishly ahead and try to get your needs met, you're always coming up short. Just to look at that. That is being like Jesus, saying, okay, I have to put others first. And when you put others first, guess what they're doing? They're put, other people are putting you first. So you became last, and he's like, do you see how that circle went right around and you got to be first? Because you came in as selfless love like Jesus, and all of a sudden you at the front of the line. You ever have that in a grocery store where you come and get in line and you're busy and then all of a sudden you let someone else and then the other person's like, no, you go. And then, the, then what happens is someone opens another line and then you both got first. And it's like, we both are willing to be last and now we both are first. Because that is the character of Christ. The character of Christ. You know, Jesus is our example. He's our template. He's our encourager. You know, he, he's our ransom. You know, he's our leader. He's our shepherd. And he's our friend. Which means a friend sometimes gives you advice you don't want to hear because they love you more than they love the relationship with you. When someone loves you more than they want you to like them, you know they're walking according to Christ, don't you? Because that's how Christ is. He told the disciples the truth. Some of those things were hard. You know, he talked to Zacchaeus, he talked to all these people, and he's like, not okay. 
I love you enough to say, this is going to end in disaster. Instead of saying, oh, whatever works for you, you know, your truth, you know, all of this stuff. Uh Uh-uh. Jesus loved him enough and said, I don't care if you hate me. I love you more. So going back, you know, using the Bible with these verses and, and putting the emphasis on submit and obey is not the heart behind these instructions. And when we're reading the Word of God, what are we supposed to be? We're supposed to use the Holy Spirit, which carries the heart of God whenever we read Scripture, right? Because if we don't, we're just reading words, you know, on a tablet or in a book. They have no meaning, they have no power without the Holy Spirit. So if we read these words and we put the emphasis on submit, obey, and it says it, so you have to do it. That's not the heart of God. The heart behind it is saying, I want you to have freedom. I want you to act in love. I want you to be selfless. And I want you to serve. If you look at these verses, that is what is being said. Those words are just used very, you know, submit and obey are used to show you what happens when you operate in freedom, love, selflessness, and service. Guess what? Your wife will want to submit to you. Wives, your husbands, when you are acting, you know, according to God's word, they're going to want to definitely treat you with kind and love, compassion, and protect you, right? Children, when you're following the word of God, you want to obey. And then what does that do? Bring blessing to you and to your parents. So those, we got to quit looking at verses like that and saying, you know, it says this and I can show you and I can force you and you can't tell me no because I have it right here and there's proof. I mean, we've heard that, but the heart behind it is not that. That's icky. That's icky, isn't it? It never works either. I I don't know of any time that's ever worked. All that brings is discord, separation, broken relationships. You know, it said in their fathers, because doing those things, what it do? It would break your children's heart. But if you say, oh, Paul is giving us this instruction from Christ because he wants us to live free, he wants us to live in love, he wants us to be people of service so that other people can hear about the truth of who Christ is, that they can come into the family, that they can come into the kingdom, and they can live in blessing and grace and, 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 and honor and, and love. Whew, that's where I want to live. I don't want to live in control and manipulation. It, you know whether you're the person being manipulated or controlled or you're the control manipulator, it doesn't feel good. You know, it doesn't feel good either way. I've been on both ends. Never worked for me. So I thought, you know, there's times where we want to control because we're thinking, you know, what's going to happen? And Christ is like, don't worry about it. Remember, I fight the battles. You just submit to what I'm doing. That's really hard because... That sin nature wants to be like, if you don't do this, bad things are going to happen. If you do this, bad things are going to happen. And Christ's like, who told you that? 
We need to start just asking, who told us these things? When we hear something, you know, I, I say that to my kids all the time, don't I? When they say something, I was like, who told you that? When they say something about themselves and say, well, I'm not good enough or something like that, I was like, who told you that? I said, because God would never tell you that. His word would never tell you that. So I know who you're listening to, and I'll tell you what, he's already defeated. Put him back under your foot, and you, you believe what God says, because that's the truth. It doesn't matter if the whole world says something different, what God says is the truth. So I think we need to, every time we hear something or we think something or we think someone's thinking something bad of us or we think that someone is angry with us or we don't like what someone's doing, we need to say, Who told, who's saying that to me? Who's putting that thought in my mind? And you know what? You'll know immediately if it is from God or from the enemy because you should know his word because you're in it. If you're having confusion about who you're hearing from, get into your word because you know that's God's voice. And then it gets a lot easier. The more you know the character, the easier it is to hear from God. You don't have to tarry and, and pray for days and weeks and, and months to get an answer. Immediately you can be like, that's God's character, that's not God's character. Going this way. Okay, next thing that comes up, this is God's character, this, I'm going to go this way. And you basically, each time something comes, in a split second, you will know his character. You know what? Should I steal this? Is that God's character or not? Immediately, we shouldn't have to be like, well, you know, there's, I could get away with it. Or th-. No, 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 because we immediately say, is that God's character or not? If I, you guys all know, right, like, that's not God's character, right? Yes, we know that. It's easy, right, because that's an easy one. We learn those Ten Commandments, all of these things when we're little. It's all the, how do we do it in all the little in-between things? But the more we know his character, the easier it gets. These words were not meant to force or coerce others to do what we want. That's not why he put him in there so that, you know, you could bring your Bible and say, it says to submit and obey me. That is not why those words were put in there. If you do, you know, we will pray and ask God, you know, repent and say, you know, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't understand what that meant. Because you know what, sometimes we've been there. Because we really, sometimes we get so zealous, we want to follow the Lord so much that sometimes we forget to be like, what's your character behind this guy? So that's not what they were meant for. They are for us to receive revelation. When we hear it, we're like, I didn't know I had that freedom. I didn't know there was a different way to live. It's revelation, isn't it? It's revelation of the heart of the Father and saying, implementing it into our homes and our families. That's why that was given to us. Not to hold us down, not to control us, you know, not to force us, not just to stay in bad situations. It was meant to give us freedom. God's word is always free. That's what we have to remember. God's word is always to set you free. Always. So if something is trying to put you in bondage, if something's trying to control, if something's trying to manipulate you, you can immediately say, uh-uh, that's not how God acts. I know that, you know what? I'm going to back up. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to when I know that that was, you know, that was God. Because I'm not going to go that way. Because I know his character. And I'm not going to act like that. I'm not going to talk like that. I'm not going to live like that. I'm not going to think that way about myself. Most of the time we get stuck in is really about how we feel about ourselves. And we believe the enemy's lies about ourselves. And then we start projecting it on other people. We start doing it at our work. We start doing it in our households. And pretty soon, everybody's following a different path. And it's like, well, what does God say? I think if we took one thing 
from here is let's just ask God what he's saying. If we just took a moment and said, I don't care what my opinion is, how I feel about this. They're not doing, God, they're not doing their job. The husband has to do their job first before I can do my job. My kids need to start obeying before I'll be nice to them. But, you know, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I probably make terrible faces. I'm glad we record and don't do this because, like, when I'm acting all crazy. But it really is like that. Like, we think like that. We think, well, they're not doing what they're supposed to do, so I'm not going to do it, and I'm going to have this strike so we can both live a horrible life. If they want to live a horrible life, let them. I'm going to go live in freedom and peace, right? I'm going to do that. Because you know what happens? Even if someone that you are in a household with, or you're in close contact with all the time, you start walking in the freedom and peace, guess what happens? The atmosphere begins to change. Either they start changing too, or they move out of that atmosphere. Because you can't keep dark thoughts, ideas, actions in the same place as light. It doesn't work very long. It doesn't work. <laughs> you either get absorbed by it, because Christ will not stand with the enemy. He won't. So let's pray.